Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and folks, we are broadcasting from inside of Renaissance Bank in Alpharetta. If you're looking for a bank that's big enough to handle pretty much any need you can throw at throw at them, but small enough to do it in a personal way, give Renaissance a try. A lot of folks have, and that's put Renaissance in the top 10 of banks, best banks nationwide, as surveyed by Forbes magazine. For more information, go to renaissancebank.com and learn uh, how they do this. Renaissance Bank, understanding you member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Courtney Russell. Courtney is the founder of A2H2. Courtney, welcome. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, great to be here. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you and you're doing some great work. We want to uh, let our listeners know about. Let's uh, talk about A2H2 and uh, how you're serving folks out there. Man, thank you. Um, A2H2 was birthed out of a a perceived need for individuals that look like me, come from where I come from, who weren't getting the type of health care that they deserved. Mm -hmm. Um, And the more work that I did, I quickly saw that it was bigger than just people of color. It was actually all races, all individuals, just the vulnerable, the voiceless, um, and the hopeless. And so I... They said, you know, I need to use this white coat. I need to use this education that I've been blessed to have in a way that could really change the world. And um, and medicine was that. And so H2H2 was, is a company that really serves the underserved as well as the affluent with health, health literacy and the parallel between healthcare and poverty. So you mentioned the white coat that, that just to be clear, you're a, MD, your doctor, yeah. what's your specialty, Courtney? Well, when I was practicing, it was, um, well, when I was in, in, in school, you know, mm-hmm. preparing to go to residency, it was internal medicine. And, um, so general practice, um, and an internist, um, just the guy you go to see when you need to be referred to a specialist. Um, that's, that's what I was gearing up to do. So you, uh, let's talk about your background first. You, as I understand it, you went to medical school while you were homeless. Yes. Say more about that experience. Um, I think it was the greatest experience. It shaped my life. It gave me um, a very intimate look into the subculture of homelessness and showed me that those individuals are probably the most untapped power source and potentially um, most beautiful individuals that are forgotten about. They're a resource that has not not been uh, that has not been tapped into. And so when I sat there and quickly became the voice of the voiceless, you know, I I was charged with, I need you. We need you. Please go out there and do what you can do to be our our advocate. And I, I took that mantle and I ran with it. And I felt as though um, it was my obligation to really serve to really be that that ambassador for the voiceless. And so that's exactly what I did. And so while I was living the reality of homelessness, 
while trying to navigate the reality of um, medical school and being a student, it was difficult. It wasn't at all um, something that can be be termed as easy and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. However, it was the perfect situation for someone like me to give me purpose in my life. And so I love and appreciate every aspect of the most trying time of my life. Wow. I want to get, before we get into the, how that experience affected, you know, the, the mission that you came out of a medical school with that that's led to a two H two. Um, talk about how prevalent this is. I mean, and, and what you saw when you were in, in college, getting into medical school, you went with assistance, um, and what the reality of that is. I mean, to, to, uh, somebody that looks like me that has my background, uh, that seems like a real romantic kind of story, but it's, it's a hard story. Yeah. Um, it's, (laughs) wow. The the preference is high. The, The unfortunate truth is, a lot of individuals in the U.S. are one pay- paycheck away from living the reality of homelessness. Mm-hmm. You know, and healthcare is something that a lot of individuals don't have the luxury to choose. And so, if you have to choose between food on the table for my family and consistent healthcare for you and your family, the most essential need, obviously, is healthcare. So it's deemed as not a priority until it is. You know, and we have to always and when I say we individuals who are living in poverty always have to make sure that I don't have the luxury to to see tomorrow because today is bearing down on them. Today, I'm living in poverty or today my son or daughter or wife has to eat today. My husband has to go to work with asthma. So he has to cheat, but he can't choose to get an inhaler. He has to just figure it out take deeper breaths, slow down. Like we have to be really creative with our own form of healthcare, which a lot of times indirectly and ironically is killing us. So while we're trying to live indirectly and ironically, we're dying mm-hmm. every day because we don't have the luxury that a lot of individuals just take for granted. I can go to the doctor. Uh, even me now, I can go to the hospital. I can get, I can get seen by a doctor if I have a cough, if I have a little chest pain, you know? And so when you live in the reality of a lack of access to quality, consistent healthcare, that chest pain cannot be viewed as something that is priority when it can be. And it's just, it's just a type of, and then you also have a layer of mental illness that is addressed that comes into play when you live in that reality as well. So mm-hmm. the myriad of, of things that goes on, People just forget that it is a high prevalence in communities, especially communities of color, to not prioritize their health because we don't have the luxury to prioritize our health. And as you point out on your uh, website, we'll and folks, uh, stay tuned. We'll we'll get you the directions on that here in a bit. But um, that. What you say is is that uh, quality, consistent health care uh-huh. is largely revenue based. So 
Yeah. So it, it really is based on a, ability to pay, uh, not, not based on need. No, 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 not at all. You know, and this is why healthcare wins presidencies. Uh, the question of um, Obamacare was such a fought after thing. And it was such a landmark legislation um, because it's at a policy level because it affects a lot of individuals' bottom lines. Whenever you start to address economics, that is king. That is priority. Everything else comes after that, you know. And so instead of healthcare being a, a human right, it's now become a privilege. And that is a huge problem. And that is the problem. And that is what A2H2 is working to solve. And just to be clear, I mean, you're, you're, you talk about your experiences in homelessness. You talk about, uh, being an advocate for those that are homelessness, but uh, homeless, but this goes well beyond your work goes well beyond just those that are homeless. Yes. Yes. Now you, you John Ray, that was a great um, segue because a lot of times individuals just think uh, it's a homeless company. Let me get one thing clear. H2H2 is not a homeless company. It's a, a company that provides access to quality, consistent health care for all. Mm-hmm. It's just that individuals who are homeless and marginalized and dis- disenfranchised are will be great recipients of it. However, if your son or daughter or grandchild or whoever is in college, they could go through a period of time when they don't have health care. You know, um, they're far from homeless. They could actually be affluent. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a gap in their healthcare services. And what if the gap is in an unfortunate time when they need healthcare? Again, right. you know, and so I, I never want to make it seem like I'm painting a picture that this is a homeless because the stigma is if it's a homeless thing, they're getting bottom of the barrel. They're getting um, whatever they can get. No, this is going to this must be quality because those individuals who are homeless and individuals who are rich deserve the same kind of care, point blank. So if a president was walking past a H2H2 mobile clinic or a senator or Elon Musk or any or a homeless person, they will get the same care while coming into H2H2 clinic and seeing our healthcare providers. Folks, we're here chatting with Courtney Russell. Courtney is the founder of A2H2. So let's get into the some the specifics of what H2H A2H2 easy for me to say the, the uh the, the services that you provide. Man, in short, it's primary care and ambulatory services now. I want it to be um a place where individuals can get because I believe in holistic care. Mm-hmm. So if you are getting the care that you need medically, you know, however, you don't know how to to read. You don't know about financial literacy. You don't know about nutrition. That's a gap in services that I have to fill. And so as we build, it's going to be built out to be a, a place where you can get holistically served. However, right now, people of color at risk individuals are in high need for mental health services and primary care and ambulatory services. So that's what we're starting off with right now. Got got it. And you're, uh, you're, we're talking to you in Denver right now, but you do work here in Atlanta, uh, in the Atlanta area and it really both, uh, places, right? Yes. 
Yes. Um, COVID really um, almost just decimated and almost um, caused us to close the doors. But I also speak on these issues across the country um, between like the parallels at different venues um, between the parallels of um, health care and poverty and how we can have an open dialogue um, about those the, system, the systems in place to change those systems so that we can have this increased health care. And so now that um, we're working to get that mobile unit, um, the work doesn't stop because we're speaking about um, what has to happen in order to have that consistent care. You know, you mentioned, uh, Courtney, mental health care. Yeah. And it seems, uh, and again, everyone's uh, uh, valued here. So uh, I'm not uh, demeaning anyone, but it seems like if we, if we at all, but if we, we seems like we care about mental health care, if it's an Olympic athlete or if it's an NBA basketball player or somebody like that, um, you know, a celebrity, uh, we suddenly uh, care about it. Yeah. If it's someone that's uh, homeless, we're not really tuned in. Exactly. See, the thing about homelessness is you almost have to be going through a home, a bout of mental illness to survive that reality. Because as humans, we are we are hardwired for connection and human connection and things like that. So the most loneliest times of your life is when you're homeless, when you're out on the streets, when you're alone and living that reality. So if you pass by someone and they seem as though they're speaking to themselves, they probably are because they have to create a reality to survive. And their only friend is themselves. Mm. The only person that loves them is themselves. And so... Um, when you think about uh, the, the, how close to proximity that a lot of us as Americans are to living that reality, I think that we will start to deem homelessness more as a thing that can hit home a lot more easier. Instead of saying that's an over there problem, we can be like, you know what, that could happen to me my son, my daughter, my mother, my father. So let's all embrace the reality of mental, the, the need for mental health services. And let's really support that. And I think once we start to start to view that, it'll address a lot of issues. We, I mean, let's, let's talk about it. When you talk about um, gun violence and poverty and all of these things, mental illness could be, once mental illness is addressed, that'll start to mitigate a lot of those issues. Mm. I'm trying to really change the world, not from a standpoint of, hey, give me the money, let me do, let me put a Band-Aid on this and get and put a veneer or an illusion of making change. I really hope to create the type of change that would be substantive, that would be actually, that, that would actually like be lifelong. Because I think that's what legacies is all about. When you do something that like stands the test of time. Well, I'm glad you brought up that word legacy because that that just to use you an example, someone along the way, I don't. We haven't talked about how you got your assistance, uh, but but to get into school, into medical school, and through, um, you got help to do that. Yeah. Someone made made. I'll call it an investment. Um, that may be a word some people quarrel with. I'm going to call it investment. That investment is getting a return now because somebody (laughs) did that in you. Right. And what, this is what you're talking about in terms of the 
folks you work with is making an investment in their health care so yes. that they can be productive members of society. Yes. Yes. I, hmm. Is that a fair way to put it? Uh, that's the perfect way to put it. A perfect way to put it. I, I am, I'm one of the few individuals that are truly blessed to have had family that um, believed that education was the only way to, to not live in poverty in Atlanta. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I, well, where we come from, education is not something that is sexy, that is cool, that is um, embraced. And it's because a lot of us can't be educated, those that are, are looked upon like, I mean, just like with everything. If I can't do it, I don't want you to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. So if I can't read and you're reading to me, you're, you're almost embarrassing me. So I have to make fun of it, you know? And so um, that's the culture that I'm trying to change um, my, my and make it so that it's more cool to mm-hmm. be educated. Right. You know, um, it's sexy to have gone to, to school to get a higher education versus imprisonment. You know, let's talk about that. Let's talk about politics and the power of politics. Let's talk about the power of ownership instead of the power of living and dying in our communities. You know, and so that's what um, I'm all about. And so healthcare is just a door, it's just a window into all of the other systems of oppression that are are, are created for individuals in, in um, impoverished communities. Uh, Courtney, as we wind down here, I want to make sure we get to what you're looking for in terms of our audience that have heard what you've had to say and uh, want to want to lean in and be helpful in some way. What are you looking for? An opportunity. You know, um, I'm a grassroots entrepreneur. I'm a social entrepreneur. I'm a civil activist. And I just need an opportunity. I don't want a handout. I just want you to see um, what I've done, um, what I'm willing to do, and um, let us collaborate in a way that makes sense for both of us so that we can see the change that is going to impact both of our lives. You know, I'm not, I, I don't, I'm not naive to think that as a businessman, that it, it, it doesn't have to be something that is beneficial for both parties of the investment. Um, and so if I'm speaking on healthcare, if I'm speaking to a healthcare group, if I'm speaking to a company, let's talk about write-offs. Um, I'm willing to speak, um, be at venues, um, talk to, um, large groups, um, about that. I'm willing to travel the country and talk about healthcare, poverty, ways, um, innovative ways to, um, to open up the conversation on diversity, having diversity of thought, um, and things of the, what just creative ways to to make sure that people that look like me, who come from, or individuals that come from where I come from, uh, are are beginning to be seen. So I don't want to make it seem as though you have had to go through the hardship that I've gone through. However, a lot of individuals don't know that entry point, and I. I want to be that entry point of change for a lot of individuals, a lot of country, um, companies. So, um, yeah, just want A2H2 to, with his tour t- two-tier system of hope and change with um, the mobile unit, um, to go into the communities at risk and to really offer change, to talk to healthcare providers, to partner with me, to, um, to, to deliver that. And 
um, funders to help me to be sustainable with this mission and other individuals that can get me indoors and in venues to speak on these topics. So John Ray, that's, that's, that's what I want. Um, that's what I need. And that's what I'm working for. And hopefully um, we, we can make that happen. Well, we're uh, delighted to be part of the help and getting the word out on, on you and your work. Thank you so much for what you do, uh, you. Courtney. And um, let's get to the most important question, which is for those that have heard some, heard something that sparks them again, they want to lean in and learn more. Let's give them directions on how they can find you. Man, I'm such an open book. I'm going to give my cell phone number out on this thing. That's how how serious I am about it. You can call me directly. Uh, my number is 470-265-8948. Um, my name is Courtney Russell Jr. Um, you can call me day or night. Um, I, I don't sleep. I'm very passionate about what I'm doing um, for the world. And uh, we can talk. My email address is c.russell, R-U-S-S-E-L-L, at a2h2hope.org. And yeah, we can, we can make it going. Um, I'm, I'm changing up my, my website as we speak. So, um, I didn't, um, we, we're doing that. We're working on that right now. So, um, both of those ways are the easiest and quickest ways to reach out and get me and we can make it happen. And folks, the website is a2h2hope.org. Yes. Yes. Terrific. That's our landing page right now. There you go. Uh, yeah. Courtney Russell, uh, founder of A2H2. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Absolutely. Hey folks, just a quick reminder. If you're in the Johns Creek area and you are looking for a corporate team building experience, that's a little different. I've got an idea for you. ANS culinary concepts has, a, a great, a, a great concept, which is involves, uh, standing around and cooking and then eating it and enjoying it together. Uh, and guess what? You don't have to worry about uh, broken ankles and, and bones and, and, and bruises. So that's a pretty cool way to do team building, I think. Call Andrew Traub. He's the executive chef over there, 678-336-9196. And he'll be glad to tell you more about it. Or if you're shy, go to asculinaryconcepts.com to learn more. And then you can call. And folks, North Fulton Business Radio is on all the major podcast apps. We would love it if you would subscribe to the show uh, and uh, share the show. If you've heard something here that uh, in this show with Courtney or any of our other shows uh, that make you want to share the show, that's how we. Um, that's what we're here for is to celebrate our business leaders. And so, if you could help us in that regard, we would appreciate it. So for my guest, Courtney Russell, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.